This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by iGrill. The iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that allows you to monitor the temperature of your food and smoker or grill from up to 200 feet away. Using the free iGrill app for your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, you can set preferred temperatures, and your smart device will alert you when it's ready. It's perfect for cooking steaks to perfection or low and slow smokers overnight. Head to iGrillInc, that's the letter I, grillinc.com to learn more. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. The barbecue wood pellet choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. The perfect blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood gives you that right BTU burn and flavor that you're looking to get all over your meat with smoky goodness. Visit bbqrsdelight.com. And by Arno Smokers, a custom pit builder using innovation and art in each of their cutting-edge offset and vault-style barbecue pits. Located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth, Granberry has been the home to Arno Smokers since the beginning. Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning both on the design level and the quality of craftsmanship to bring their customers the finest custom pits on the market. Please get in contact with Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E underscore R-O smokers at yahoo.com or Tony at Tony underscore R-O smokers at yahoo.com or visit their main website, R, the letter N, the letter O, R-N-O smokers.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, discover something you're really going to love, cooking with pellets. Green Mountain Grills are widely available across the country, top-of-the-line manufacturing, but not the highest in price. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to get started on your pellet adventure today. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. (laughs) 
Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. Folks, we are obviously outside. We have a ridiculous schedule planned for this evening. Not the least of which is me adjusting my microphone right there. Uh, we're going to take a look at a cooker that I just got because I want to show it to you. A couple different ways to get in touch with the show tonight. 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you want to. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Greg Fassett from Memphis Grills coming up. Lynn Chi from MasterChef coming up in the first hour. Second hour, Rod Gray, Pellet Envy. Third, or a fourth guest in the second hour, Scott Roberts, official sauce and rub reviewer of the show, will be joining us as well. But as I had mentioned previously, I uh, got something that I want to show you guys. Um, got me. Maddie, if you can look over there on the left-hand side, it says drum roll. Can you see where it says drum roll? want to show you guys a Green Mountain Grill. Maybe you've never seen Green Mountain Grills before. Obviously, we have no drum roll here, but that's fine. Uh, Green Mountain Grill, this is the Jim Bowie model. So this is the biggest model that they make. And I want to show it to you guys. First of all, this is how it, uh, well, I had to put it a little bit together. So, you know, I'm not very handy, but putting it together was fairly simple, at least for me. Uh, you may be less handy than me, so it might be a little bit more complicated. But typically, I'm as unhandy as it comes as we're uh, battling with bugs out here. We have a real heavy-duty real heavy-duty uh, cover to go over this, so very happy that it will be able to deflect the rain and snow and all that other stuff. So we'll go ahead and toss this off to the side here for now. And then uh, here's the model itself. Uh, Jim Bowie, uh, really big. We're going to take a look here in uh, just a second. Let me pop up the side table because it does have a side table as well. Uh, and this is actually a very serviceable, uh, very solid side table. Uh, a lot of cookers come nowadays with side tables that you, know, you really can't do anything with. Uh, there is a lot of space here between the stack and the table, so you can put a tray down, and it's actually very functional to use. Uh, over here on this side, uh, Bobby, I don't know if you can take a look here. Uh, this is the hopper, so we'll go ahead and take a look. Uh, you have your uh, wood pellets in here. And then you have your uh, control panel right here. So you just turn it on. And then from here, all you need to do is hit the up or down arrow. And then that's going to start the fire cycle. Uh, we'll go ahead and turn it off because we're not actually uh, planning on doing any cooking segments here tonight. Uh, but if we take a look at the main chamber uh, right here, you can see we have a very substantial uh, main cooking grate. And then we also have a secondary cooking grate here. Uh, so that's going to, you know, I don't know if it's going to increase by 50%, but you're going to get, you know, at least two good racks of ribs on there. You could probably get uh, 18 to 20 chicken thighs, depending on how you, uh, how you cut them up. So uh, really huge. I mean, look. I have, uh, right here, I have a, a gorilla cooker, uh, which is a pellet cooker. I have a couple other ones that are off in the dark here. This is by far the most substantial cooking space uh, that I have in my grilling arsenal and my smoker arsenal right now. And I'm so excited to be able to use it. Uh, th there is a, a rain shield that you can put up on the stack as well. Uh, I've ducked that off to the side for now because uh, it's not that I'm not going to use it, but if it's not raining, I'm not going to use it uh, just so I can learn temperatures a little bit better with this. Had a couple cooks on it, did ribs. I've also done pork tenderloins and actually did some steak on it uh, last night. Uh, everything has turned out really well. So uh, 
off the top of my head, I don't know like what retail price is here. I know there's one more model above this. Not any bigger, but instead of the powder coat top, you would get a stainless steel top as well. Um, you have a thermometer here. There is some type of discrepancy when you are actually cooking. Uh, this temperature and the thermostat temperature on the hopper do not meet up nearly uh, at all the same. Uh, so kind of use that at your own discretion. I'm going to go more with what's reading on the thermostatic uh, readout than on the uh, dial thermometer on the lid. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, you could probably do away with that. Uh, that's really not that big of a deal. As long as this is right, this is the main component. Also, uh, you do have the option of sticking, uh, and it comes with it, a, a temperature probe in here. And then you have a little loophole where you can feed that right in. And uh, that's an internal meat temperature. So that's an absolutely great feature to this cooker. And it does come with the Jim Bowie model. And there's also a remote. So you can not only get the remote internal temperature of the meat, you can also, with this remote, increase the temperature of the cooker up or down depending on what's happening there. So once again, uh, Green Mountain Grill, Jim Bowie, huge space, uh, really great construction. There's a big full-size uh, deflector or drip tray, and then obviously you have your burn pot underneath that. You have the hopper, you have the auger, and you have the, uh, the pellet chute, and uh, easily probably growing to be one of my top three, four cookers of all time uh, because I'm using it all the time. I've only had it for about five days, so... Uh, now we have to make the difficult adjustment of going back inside and uh, doing all that stuff. So, uh, Maddie, let's do this. Give me uh, camera number one. Uh, go ahead and put the cat down. Bob, give me that camera. Move a little quicker than that. There we go. Come on. Uh, you go ahead and disconnect the light and bring that in. Sorry for the production headache, folks, but this is what happens when we try and do it live at 95. Uh, I will go ahead and set up the green screen right here. I know. I appreciate your help. Pardon me. And we're almost there, folks. Drawing back the curtain of exactly how we do it each and every week here in the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. And uh, we'll sit down. We'll pop open the real mic, and just like that, we are back up and at it. How about that? What? Let me get this off, too. All right. Well, I think uh, effectively we've, we've done it all right. I agree, Blake. The, uh, the Green Mountain Grill is a, a sweet cooker. And again, you know, what I appreciate about it the most is the fact that... You know, not only is it a solid cooker, but you have to appreciate, uh, A, the convenience of a pellet cooker, which is, you know, really second to none. And uh, moreover than that, the Jim Bowie really gives you that uh, space. You know, if you're going to be looking at a stick burner or an offset pit and something that you really want to put a lot of meat on, I mean, typically I'm not cooking for more than five people maybe eight people at a time. But on occasion, you know, you're going to have a party. There might be 40 or 50 people up in this piece. So you want to have the capabilities. What do I tell people all the time when we're talking about buying cookers? Gauge, at worst case scenario, how many people you think you might have to be cooking for. 
And if that is uh, two or three times a year at, at 40 or 50 or 60 people, at some point you're going to have to buy a cooker that accommodates that. Sometimes you might be able to rent those. Sometimes you, It's better to own. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, always better to own than figure out how you're going to accommodate bigger need or a bigger cooker when you don't have it. You know, have a grill that accommodates you or a smoker that accommodates you 85 or 90 percent of the time. However, there's going to be times when you're going to need the bigger grill. That's why I am always a huge proponent of either a buying up when you're looking at finally pulling the trigger on something or buying multiple devices. You know, I have that Green Mountain grill now. I have that uh, grill at pellet cooker now. I have the Weber Genesis gasser. I have the Bubba keg. I have two Weber Smoky Mountains. I have the Weber kettle. What? I know. My wife's saying I got a problem. Damn right. I do got a problem. So take it for what it's worth. But I wanted to show you the the brand new grill that I got. And uh, hopefully everybody enjoy. I don't know how well you could see it on the video uh, because of, you know, kind of like the lighting and stuff. And uh, honest to God, I I haven't been paying attention over the last two weeks. Didn't realize it was getting a dark at nine o'clock at night, which means... Winter's coming, folks, if you live on Ohio. Winter's coming. No doubt about it. Uh, Don't forget, you can uh, get this show live on Outdoor Cooking Channel, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Also, you can consume it on Roku as well. And uh, before we get out to the first break, why not uh, make a Facebook post or a tweet or whatever through your social media venues and vehicles that you are uh, watching, listening to the show right now, and uh, you want some other people to check it out as well. OutdoorCookingChannel.com or the BBQCentralShow.com. A lot of great guests lined up. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. A couple giveaways tonight as well. $10 gift card to the BBQ Superstore. Also a bottle of Q juice from a Sweet Smoke Q. Maybe sell the shirt. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, trusted online retailer, longtime supporter of this show. And I just spoke with Fred a couple days ago, and he wanted me to remind you that Tasty Licks is really your one-stop shop for it all. If you've been looking for cookers like a Kamado Joe or a Meadow Creek or a spice or a sauce of a particular manufacturer like an Oak Ridge or Smoke on Wheels or Plowboys, Tasty Licks carries all of those. Also, Tasty Licks, now carrying Harry Sue's new chicken rub. This particular rub is the same one that helped Harry win eight grand championships last year in 2012, as well as being the top chicken cook in the Kansas City Barbecue Society for the same year. Now, maybe you're looking for injections. Tasty Licks Barbecue carries all the heavy hitters here as well. Butcher's Barbecue, Cosmos Q, every type of barbecue guru and its associated accessory. Tasty Licks, as I just showed you, a Green Mountain Grill pellet dealer. And as Fred says right here on the show when he's on, they provide a lot of classes to the public as well. Not only your backyard barbecue and grilling classes, but Fred really big into pizza, so he's always doing either a dough or a pizza cooking class. And he's bringing in top pitmasters across the country to do backyard Joe classes and competition cooking classes as well. Attention teams, if I haven't mentioned it enough, Tasty Licks is your competition headquarters as well. All supplies for competition teams, pans in different sizes, aluminum trays, 
gloves, thermometers, turn-in boxes for practice. Make this your one-stop shop. KCLeaksBBQ.com, the place to go. So head on over right now. Enjoy the video that Fred puts up on his page. There's plenty to choose from and watch. And don't forget, Tasty Licks manufactures their own line of rubs and sauces. Got to try those as well. When you order, drop Fred a line. Tell him you heard about him on this show. Let him know that his support of the show is appreciated. You want to return the favor by visiting and buying from Tasty Licks. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. TastyLicksBBQ.com. We'll be back with Greg Fassett of Memphis Grills right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com if you want to jump in tonight. Gang, the pellet cooker industry has seen a renaissance or explosion over the past five years or so. Ever since Traeger lost that patent on the auger system, a veritable cornucopia of pellet cookers have making their way into the market. It's my job to bring these manufacturers to you and get the inside scoop on their brand. So you have all the information when you go to purchase one. My first guest tonight will help me do just that on his line of cookers. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome Memphis Grills customer service and technical support manager, Greg Fassett. Greg, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous. Finally, a guy with a great first name. And Greg, thank you. It's going to be really easy to uh, not make any name mistakes there, Greg. Uh, I guess before we get into the cooker itself, if you could give us a little background about you both, I guess, personally and professionally. Well, um, I've had a history of combustion, actually. I, I was a boiler mechanic for 20 years. I worked on gas fireplaces for 10 years. And uh, when this opportunity to work for Memphis Grills came up, uh, you know, it's it's combustion. Grills are fire. So I did have a background that uh, helped, and I had a background working with customers. So that's kind of the, the short version of that story. All right. So you went to work for Memphis Grills. Was it solely in the grill portion of it? Because I know there's kind of a, a number of different factions under that big umbrella was it uh, with the wood burning stoves first or, or the, the pellet stoves first or was it always with the grills actually it was both um you know and the the hearthland products was our you know kind of the umbrella of the llc um and memphis grills and uh, the pellet stoves 
so, and I did have a background in uh, pellet soles, and I'd actually, in my fireplace days, had worked on some Traeger uh, pellet grills. Uh, so about three and a half years ago, well, actually, the company started about three and a half years ago, and I was hired about three years ago to help uh, with customer service and, uh, you know, get my input on uh, you know, helping service the grills and pellet soles and making them user-friendly. Um, so... Uh, the parent company, Dalton Industries, is a sheet metal fabricating company. They've been in business for 65 years. The, the people that work there are absolute craftsmen with metal. And if you've ever seen a, a Memphis grill, you can tell you know that craftsmanship really shows. They're actually very beautiful pieces of metal. Um, so they were trying to come up with a proprietary product that would take some of the you know the peaks and dips out of the uh, job shop nature of the business. And also to try to keep some of the work, you know, from going overseas. And they came up with the Memphis Grill and the pellet stove. So that's kind of how it all started. Greg Fassett joining me here on the show, Memphis Wood Fired Grills Customer Service and Technical Support Manager. The website, and I'm showing it up here for the video people right now, memphisgrills.com, if you want to check it out while we're talking. Greg, are you surprised to see so many different options and manufacturers on the market right now when it comes to pellet cookers? You know, actually, yes, I am. I think it's a good thing, too. You know, competition is always good for a product. It, you know, it, it helps refine products. People, you know, are, have to be on their toes and always improve their products. And so competition is good. I was talking to Derek Riches from About.com, and he mm-hmm. speculated that, you know, while there are so many pellet cookers out there right now, within the next few years, many will probably fall to the wayside. Do you see that similarly as far as a, a trend or a uh, mark in the industry? You know, I, I, I would guess that would be the case. And I think that's just the nature of how business works, you know, the the strong. And, and a lot of it, the product might be good and maybe, the you know, how a company is run it might not be the best. So, you know, that's that's a possibility. I think uh, there's going to be a rise in the, once people find out about pellet cookers, um, if, in, in Bloomington, Minnesota, where we're based, if you stop someone on the street and ask them if they knew what a pellet grill was, chances are they wouldn't know that. And, and our goal is to kind of change that. Um, and it's just that fuel difference. And once you get past that fuel difference and explain to people how pellet grills work, um, I, I think there's going to be I think there's going to be more people using pellet grills, and especially once they if they eat off a pellet grill, and when you're cooking over wood, things just taste better. So um, you know I think there's probably a natural selection process that happens with manufacturers, and um, you know it, it's actually a pretty friendly competition. We talk to a lot of other manufacturers at trade shows, and it's it's it, it you know it, it's a pretty friendly you know, competition, but, you know, we're, we're in it to, to stay in business. So it wouldn't surprise me if some did uh, kind of drop off, but, um, you know, competition is good. Greg Fassett joining us here on the show. Greg, tell us how the Memphis Grill operates and maybe what some of the key features are that separate your grill from the rest that's out there on the market right now. Well, you know, what we like to do is keep the grill simple to use. It has a very intuitive control. It operates very much like your oven. And that's one of the things that we stress to people when they're looking at the grill. You know, how do you light it? How do you start it? Well, you simply push a button and turn it on. You can raise the temperature in five-degree increments 
depending on the model, from 180 degrees to 700 degrees, just like you do on your oven. Um, it's it's real simple to use. Uh, there's absolutely nothing that you can't cook on it. And, but one thing that I think is, um, you know, in our grills, also working low ambient temperatures, which is important in our part of the country. Um, but we, we, I think people are starting to grill around every season, and not just in the summer. Uh, I think that's important, too. Um, our grills have very nice, steady temperature control, easy to use. Um, they're very nice looking. And the other thing, too, is that our grills also can, you know, they're smokers. They're a convection oven. They're also a high-temperature grill, so it's a real versatile product. So, it, for instance, if you're building an outdoor kitchen, you only have to have one grill, and it can do everything. So I think those are some of the features. There's a lot of them, but, you know, the, the, I think those are some of the important ones. How many models are you guys offering right now? We have the Select, our entry-level model. The Advantage, we have the Pro and the Elite. And the Pro and the Elite are also available in built-ins. And the, the models vary from, you know, uh, the degree of insulation and temperature range from the entry level up until the Elite, the, uh, the flagship of the, the grill line. What kind of uh, price points are attached to Select, Advantage, Pro, and Elite models? The um, the select retails for thirteen ninety nine, and the you go all the way up to the elite, which is a uh, card model, which retails for forty one forty nine, and the pro model is twenty six ninety nine. The advantage there's an advantage and advantage plus, and they're about two thousand dollars, depending upon how you have it outfitted. So I guess you know the the natural question is you see these things and as you said and I've thrown the show on the website up here a couple of times I mean they look really nice stainless look yeah. shiny yeah. Uh, eye catchers conversation pieces if you will they all look like they're decent size decent capacity obviously kind of ranging between mm-hmm. the different models but once you get to that price tag for people that aren't familiar with pellet cookers and uh, their functionality and versatility. Do people balk a little bit when they hear something in the $4,100 price range or even $2,000 price range for an entry model, or do they realize uh, the value for the money, if you will? Well, you know, I, I think I get, you know, I talk to people that call all the time and they're asking about the girls, and I think there's both. I think there's, you know, and a little bit in between, there's people that, you know, and think, well, why would it be this expensive? And when you explain, you know, first of all, it's made in America. It's quality, heavy-duty stainless steel. They're all stainless steel. They're, they're built to last. Um, you know, I have in my – when I first started buying grills, I'd buy cheap grills at big box stores, uh, gas grills. I'd put two or three burners in them, and then I'd throw them away. Um, this is a grill that's built to last. Um, and when you educate people, when you teach them how versatile uh, it is, uh, it, I think that really gets to them. That that, that gets over that hump. Um, you know, for instance, like right now we're remodeling our kitchen. We don't have an oven uh, and it's been going on for longer than I would care for it to go on. But we cook, we've been cooking all of our food, every meal on the grill. Um, so it, it's, it's such a versatile device. Um, and I think people, it, you know, our kind of casual research has shown that people aren't going out to eat as much. They're not spending as much on vacations, but things like outdoor kitchens are, are really on the rise. And when they do a thing, when they're, you know, they're going to put money into their home, they're going to entertain at home. And I think the whole food culture has grown so much that 
people are willing to, um, you know, if it's a good product, if it's pleasing to the eye, and I think aesthetics are really important. I get stuck talking about technical stuff a lot, but it's a really a beautiful grill. Um, I think people are willing to spend the extra money when they find out how well it, you know, what it can do, and uh, it's built to last, and, and they're, they're looking to make an investment in kind of a lifestyle. Greg Fassett joining us here on the show. MemphisGrills.com is the website if you want to check it out. You know, Greg, many pellet grills tell you that it's an all-in-one solution, both able to sustain Uh that low and slow temperature and also having that versatility to do the high heat grilling. Uh, Memphis claims, you know, you have that $700 capability. A A lot of the other grills don't really get don't even sniff that there's a few that i could probably name right off the top of my head but definitely memphis in that top tier of high-end cooking temperatures how are you able to achieve that and and get that well you know that's that's almost i think part of it is because um how well our grills are uh uh, insulated or and actually it's double wall construction technically there's no insulation and it's an air gap it airs of a great insulator that's one thing and part of it is our intelligent temperature control it's it uh there's two-way logic it takes readings every two seconds and it's able to deliver the pellets in such a fashion and and the fans um you know can create that combustion that you get those high temperatures um you know and an engineer might be able to answer some of that a little more specifically um but 700 degrees even our entry level mouth uh the select it's up to 500 and my experience is that there's uh, quite a few gas grills that won't even get to 500 degrees so you know, and that's part of the versatility of the grill. And we're, you know, the, the, the barbecue market is a real important market. The traditional barbecue people, the smokers, the people that do ribs, brisket, uh, pork shoulders. But we're, you know, the market that we are going after, we want people to have this as a grill. If they're going to cook steaks, they can do it at 700 degrees. You can get a nice sear. We also have a direct flame option where you can cook directly over the open flame and get that nice charred uh, open flame, you know, sealed uh, char on a steak. So um, and we were just able to do it where other people just aren't. And part of it is the logic of the controller. There's an algorithm that's you know, very specific to the Memphis grill, um, and, and that's part of it. Some of the cookers that say they can get up to these really hot grilling temperatures don't have any type of open flame option, which I know you just kind of mentioned. So for the folks that maybe aren't familiar or don't have web access to check it out, what is a direct flame access and, and how do you use it? Okay. In, uh, all the pellet grills have one thing in common. There, you know, there's a burn pot that the fire is in. The pellets fall into a burn pot. They're ignited. There's combustion convection fans that supply the, the oxygen to the flame. And then there's a diffuser, uh, a heat deflector. There's a lot of terms for it. But what that does is that it diffuses and deflects the flame, and then it's evenly distributed through the grill in normal operation. And our grill has an, an access hatch above the uh, burn pot. So it it serves two purposes. One, you can lift that access hatch out of the middle of the heat deflector flavorizer, and you can clean ash out of the burn pot, which that's a plus. Then there's a direct clean insert that has has perforated holes in it, 
And in the open flame modes, we bypass the temp sensor inside the grill so that it's not searching for a temperature. The, it's, the auger's feeding the burn pot on strict duty cycles, and then you can cook with the hood open. Normally, um, with pellet grills, you're almost always cooking with the hood closed. If you're, if you're looking, you're not cooking. But with the open flame, you can you know cook directly over that uh, open flame, right over the burn pot, and you can cook with the hood open. And the reason we did that was it's a really hot flame, and it's a little bit harder to measure the temperatures there. It, it's a little probably, like on the Elite, it's a little over 700, but the flame varies so much, it's hard to measure exactly what it is. Um, if we knew people would be opening and closing the hood so much because it doesn't take very long for food to cook at those temperatures. So we did that so that um, you could cook with the hood open. And it's more of a traditional kind of barbecue um, technique or grilling technique, I guess I should say. Uh, And some people would say, well, you know, it's fine. At 650 degrees, 500 degrees, you can get very nice, great marks and sear steaks. Some people just said, hey, I have to cook over open flame. Well, you can do that on it. So, you know, we just wanted to give people the option so that anything they wanted to do, this grill would do. Are are you selling these directly through website uh, or do you pull through uh, dealers for the most part? We yeah we we do not sell directly we do uh, sell strictly through dealers. How many do you have set up across the country now and, and kind of uh, how have you well, been laying I, that out growth wise over the last couple of years? Well, we've been right now. Our big push is to get on more dealers. Um, we have internet dealers, of course, they can buy over the internet. Um, we love brick and mortar stores because of the service component, and um, we have about 250 dealers nationwide, and we're trying to grow that number. There's a lot of places where we don't have coverage. Um, we're a little, we're very particular about what you know the dealers who to the seller grills. There's a vetting process that they have to go through. Um, you know, so we're very careful about picking dealers. Um, just so that, you know, they're the right category, they do the right thing, they demonstrate the grill. One of the best ways to sell the grill is to demonstrate it. Right. When people see it, they don't quite understand it, and they eat food off it. You got them. Is there any other products uh, coming down the pipeline that Memphis is working on that you might be able to give us a scoop on tonight? You know, really, we don't. We're just uh, kind of tweaking um, and working on our product, trying to improve it, make it better. Um, and we don't have anything planned, you know, that I, specifically. Um, and, you know, even if we did, I, you know, I have to keep some secrets. Absolutely. <laughs> Always keep you know, uh, that. Go ahead. Yeah, go. we don't really have anything, you know, planned right now. No new models right now to speak of. Um, you know, just trying to improve, uh, you know, what we have. And uh, grow that dealer network, no doubt about it. Uh, Greg Fassett is the customer service and technical support manager for Memphis Grills. Greg, appreciate all the time tonight and that information. Thanks for coming on. Well, Greg, thanks for the opportunity to talk about Memphis. Yeah, you got it. My pleasure. There he is. Greg Fassett from Memphis Grills. Man, they're they're sexy now. I'm not going to lie. Good-looking grills. Uh, you know, we're amongst friends here, so we can always talk about what's sexy and what's not. But the shiny and the higher-end brands or the, the higher-end models for that particular make, you can take that uh, deflector off of the burn pot or flavorizer, whatever they call it, and now you're grilling right over an open flame. Uh, other ones that do that that come to mind, Mac and the, the Fast Eddie pellet cooker. Uh, are the only two that come to my mind that uh, have that direct grill zone option, which really gives you that higher 
and temperature uh, for steaks or, or at least for finishing stuff. You know, what would be better than, you know, slow cooking the steak to a certain temperature and then once you want to finish it off, uh, undoing the burn pot flavorizer, sticking on the direct grill option, and boom, there you go. You can finish it off, caramelize it nice, and uh, you are off and running. It's fabulous. Check them out, Memphis Grills, memphisgrills.com. Uh, Patrick, thanks for the pickup. I'm not too familiar with the Yoder. I'd have to get him on soon. Talk about Yoder as well. One thing I do want to talk to you about that's technology-driven is uh, iGrill. One of the newest sponsors of the show, a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that pairs with your Apple or Android device using the free iGrill Pro app, which can be downloaded in iTunes or the Google App Store. Bluetooth range up to 200 feet, so you can monitor your food from practically anywhere in the house. Gives you free time to do whatever you want with the assurance that your food is being perfectly cooked. Go watch the game, have a beer, have 10 beers, mow the lawn. iGrill's got your food covered. The iGrill has dual probe capability, so you can monitor two different pieces of meat at once. You can also measure the ambient temperature of your smoker or grill using the ambient temperature probe that can be purchased at iGrillInc.com. That's I, the letter I, grill, like you do, and Inc, I-N-C, iGrillInc.com. If you use promo code SMOKE, you'll get a free Ambient Probe with your iGrill purchase. Just put both in your shopping cart and enter the code SMOKE when you check out. Now, within the app, you can set minimum and maximum temperature settings. If your grill or smoker gets too hot or too cool, your smart device will alert you. And the free iGrill app for iOS has Facebook integration, so you can upload pictures of what you're cooking right to the iGrill Facebook page. The app also has a globe feature that shows you all the other iGrillers around the world. You can also use the graph to monitor the speed of which your temperature is rising. It's $79.99. First one to buy a new iGrill, email me your receipt. I'll send you a bottle of sauce just like that. How about that? Private stock sauce, by the way. No names, please. $79.99, iGrillInc.com. Or you can buy at Apple. You can buy at Best Buy. You can get them at AT&T and Verizon corporate stores and Amazon.com. Accessories are also available on the website, iGrillInc.com, as well. So everything you need is all in one place. Again, first one during the show right now, go buy iGrill at iGrillInc.com. Email me a copy of the receipt. Send you a free bottle of private stock sauce. Maybe rub, too. Why not? You help me, I'll help you. iGrillInc.com. That's iGrillInc.com. Big announcement also at 10 o'clock. We're coming back with a quick giveaway. How about some sweet smoked Q juice? Get those fat fingers ready, Centralites. We're coming back right after this. All right, for some sweet smoke Q juice, gang, all you have to do is send me an email. And I opened up the screen door to do that live shot out in the back. It bugs a plenty. Bugs a plenty. It's like I'm living down in Florida. Uh, but Jim Elser, uh, by the way, big announcement for giveaways of the show. Jim Elser is on for the foreseeable future giving away a bottle of sweet smoke Q juice. So if you don't win this week, just tune in next week. You might win. Uh, email, subject line. Memphis Grills Metal. Memphis Grills Metal. And you can win a bottle of Sweet Smoke Q Juice Pork Injection. Very good stuff. Uh, you can also buy your own at Sweet Smoke and then the letter Q.com. Thanks to Jim Elser. Memphis Grills 
metal. Do it. You can win. Good luck. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Respectors. Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a All right, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. My next guest was an almost, almost two-time contestant on this season of MasterChef. We are down now to the final six, and my next guest was certainly a surprise to many when he was uh, unsh- uh, when he was ushered out of the contest. But he is here to help me break down the contest as he sees it right now, and I am happy to have him back on the show. Let's go ahead and race back over to the hotline. Uh, you can also find him on the same live cast Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at the same livecast.com. Uh, my friend, your friend, everybody's favorite master chef, Lynn Chi, joining me here on the show. Lynn, how are you, buddy? Hey, hey, Greg. How's it going, man? Dude, absolutely fabulous, Lynn. appreciate you making time out of the busy schedule there to talk a little uh, Master Chef Season 4. Uh, how are things going for you since our last chat, buddy? Uh, pretty good, actually. You know, the funny thing is when you get booted off the show, more people start recognizing you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's been kind of fun, uh, just walking around San Diego and people doing double takes and, you know, coming up to me and saying, like, how much they enjoyed the show and, you know, how much they enjoyed watching me cook and watching everybody else, you know, compete. And it, it's, it's a good time, man. It's, it's been surreal. Lynn, how hard is it because you were there for the complete ending of the show? I mean, it's, it's, you know, who won, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, how hard is it for you? Part. Yeah. When you have people running up to you and be, Oh, Lynn, I mean, inevitably somebody's going to be like, well, who won, who won? You got to hear it a million times a day. How frustrating is that? You know, the fans actually have been pretty good about saying, you know, don't tell me. I want to know. I want to find out because, you know, honestly, right now it's kind of a dead heat. There's a lot of people who, you know, thought they would count someone like um, Chrissy out, and yet she's doing pretty well, you know. And there's some people who thought that Jordan was going to go all the way. And, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't, you know, watched your DVR, but, you know, Jordan is no longer having the competition, and he – he was a great chef and great home cook, you know. Uh, so Lynn? it's 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 tough when people like try to pry, but you know I have like a I have a contract that <laughs> I signed and I can't breach that, so it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Lin Chi joining me here on the show uh, was on this season of Master Chef season four. All right, uh, let's go back to a very tough time uh, during the season. Recap your exit if you could, and then almost a rebirth, but then re-exit off the show for good. How did that all go down? Well, my first exit was just, it was um, the perfect storm, if you will. Like, everything was going wrong for me that day. My head wasn't in the game, first of all. I'd also tried a recipe that I just kind of thought, in theory, would work. Um, so that didn't go very well, and, you know, it was pretty much the lowest point, apparently, on the show, period. So that was a little frustrating, but, you know, you're always known for something. And uh, I guess I was known for the worst dish of uh, all time on MasterChef. So, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know about that because yeah. as I'm thinking about it, look, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, we have a little bit of an online relationship here and I like you. But if I can go back and like when I think of how you left, I don't think worst dish ever. So I don't know if that's necessarily, 
you know, the, the thing that's going to stick with you most about this show? You know, I hope not. I'm always harder on myself, and so that's the kind of thing I took away with it. But, you know, in general, it was always great to hear people come up and say, like, wow, people feared you on the show. Like, they really didn't want to go head-to-head with you. And I I couldn't tell you why, to be honest. It was was a humbling experience to know that people didn't want to go toe-to-toe with me. So, you know, it was kind of one of those, well, on one hand, best competitor of all time. On the other hand guy to put out one of the worst dishes of all time so that does stick with me quite a bit and, right. so i yeah, mentioned uh, that there was like this almost a rebirth of lynn what happened exactly how'd you almost get back on the show well the funny thing was greg um they had actually asked to do a promo they're like get your stuff ready you're coming back to la and you're going to do this um you know there was someone said promo someone said oh it's gonna be like advertisement stuff um, some people said it's going to be, you might go on this MasterChef tour with them. I had no clue what was going on. It obviously was a big fat lie. <laughs> and I bit, you know, hook, line, and sinker. So when we got there, they told us we were going to cook. And that was the um, re-entry to the MasterChef kitchen. And, man, let me tell you, that that was a really cool moment, uh, just knowing that they wanted me back and I had a chance to get back then. So that was pretty cool. What did you have to, or what was the task placed in front of you? Because it was a two-part challenge. What did you have to do in order to potentially get back on the show? So the first part was to make as many sunny-side-up eggs as you could in 10 minutes, which is actually incredibly difficult, and I wouldn't try that again for anything. That That is not an easy thing to keep track of, and we had eight burners, 12 pans, as many eggs as we can put in the basket, and that's all we had to go off of, and it was really just a test of how well you handle yourself over some stoves and under pressure. And, you know, I, I didn't do so hot. I think um, I was too lenient on myself when trying to make a sunny side of egg. I was like, you know, if it's close enough, it'll be fine. But obviously the judges had other ideas. And then after, so the you you uh, were ushered out after that one. You didn't get uh, as many eggs to move on as the other two. And then the other two had to perform yet another task in order to get back into the kitchen. What was the second task? Yeah, so they had to actually deal with um, salmon, like an actual real-life fish. So, um, or, you know, a big fish, not something that you would have already filleted and, you know, neatly wrapped and packaged. And, you know, I was thinking, Greg, look, if I got to that point and no one wanted me back on the show, and it was also, it was judged by the people who are still on the show, I was like, man, what would I have done? Would I have plated like crap just to make sure that people didn't know it was me? Or, you know, what would I have done, like, differently? Because I know that if I had made any look anywhere near what I would want my dish to look at, they weren't going to vote for it anyway. Lin Chi joining us here on the show. Uh, his professional website, by the way, linchi.com. Uh, if you want to check it out, he does a lot of uh, great photography. Um, so if you're interested, you want to contract him. I'm sure he flies to exotic locations if the money's right, of course. Uh, Lynn, the final six are set to square off tomorrow night. Uh, you know, you saw all these guys cook in close quarters for a number of weeks. And given the folks that who have been booted out, are there people on the show right now who maybe don't have the cooking chops that some of the other people had that didn't make it this far? You know, um, I, I got to say that I'm, I'm actually really surprised Chrissy is still there. Uh, I actually got to cook alongside her, and um, we are we are kitchen buddies. And, you know, 
everybody kind of gives her the stink eye, but I actually really like Christy for a couple of reasons. One, she's got a lot of tenacity. She's, she's, yeah, she's not easy to get along with, but for sure she's got, um, you know, she's, she's got heart and she, she, when she wants to stick around somewhere, you can't make her move. And, um, that's really what I like about her. But, you know, the way that I see how master chef is structured and like what kind of cooks they're looking for, Chrissy's like the ultimate, ultimate home cook. But I, I just didn't find any of her food that special looking. And she didn't have that level of finesse that I think the other, the other competitors do. So I'm kind of surprised she's on there. Uh, I, I would hope that, uh, you know, maybe she you know, gets off pretty soon because I would personally um, want the others to move on. Um, and I think, I think she probably has, um, has the least in terms of what it takes to get to that trophy. Lynn, it's no surprise to you. I've told you over email and a private conversation, my daughters are huge fans of the show, but especially of yours. Now, so that, you know, they heard you were going to be on the show. They're like, oh, we get to stay up late and watch Lynn. Because uh, I thought maybe we would have video, but, you know, it just didn't work out. So I told them to go to bed. So you saved me a headache. But look, you oh, okay. you'd referenced Chrissy a little bit ago. And I don't know how these shows work and, you know, what you're seeing is is kind of being positioned as this or that. But is Chrissy as mean as she comes off on TV? And then I guess in the same vein, is Natasha being played up as this kind of bitchy girl on the show as well? Um, let me put it this way. I actually think that the show is quite accurate in how they portray people. Um, it's not that I think Natasha is not a nice person because I actually adore Natasha. Um, but... You know, Greg, when you're in competition, you turn into kind of like the meaner version of yourself. And people who are already kind of have that edge and kind of that chip on their shoulder kind of turn into pretty unbearable when they're in competition. And unfortunately, that's what you gonna see on TV because you don't get to see what people are like when the cameras are off and when we're hanging out and having fun and talking. And, you know, mostly we, we always just talk about food, really. I mean, that's just kind of how that show is. These people love food. They love cooking they love family and friends, and that's kind of how they got their start was cooking for those people. And when you get to talk to them behind the scenes, you know, in a non-competitive environment, that's what comes out, people who care for other people. And I thought that was actually kind of a cool thing that, you know, most people will never get to see. Lynn Shee joining me especially here on the show. For, uh, Go ahead, Lynn. I was saying, especially for people like, you know, bad rep like Natasha and Chrissy. Um, but they're, they're, they're very sweet people. Okay. Lin Chi joining me here on the show. He's a contestant on uh, Master Chef Season 4. You know, Lynn Bree kind of gets some flack for being a vegetarian, and she continues to prove her mettle each and every week when dealing, especially with the meat or the protein items. It is a surprise that she does this well when she won't eat what she actually makes, or do you not have to eat what you make in order to make it good? I think that when you have the basic down, and the fundamentals, you don't actually have to taste a whole lot of what you cook. You uh, have the experience. So to be honest, the part that astonishes me about Brie the most isn't the fact that she doesn't eat meat. Greg, she's like 22, and she cooks oh. way better than most of us ever even ate when we were 22 or even like had a chance to experience. That's pretty amazing in and of itself. You know, she has like a natural talent to do. So given what you've seen over the past few weeks... I know you said, you know, Chrissy might be, in your estimation, one that would be better suited to leave sooner than later, given the other people. But who looks to be kind of in that front-running position right now before we see what happens tomorrow night? 
Oh man, that's a tough one. I, I'm going to go with, um, well, in the beginning, mine was the big three J's, which is Jesse Jordan and James. So I still think Jesse and James, um, have a great shot at being, um, up there. And, you know, I especially really like Jesse. I think she's been near the top or at the top so many times. It's kind of hard to her as, you know, just another bra that looks really great. Uh, She's a great girl. She has uh, a really um, like nice skill set, and she has a really uh, intelligent flavor profile that just kind of runs through her head. So whatever she does, it really matter. Like southern inspired or Asian inspired, or you know, um, she, she used to be a stewardess on a on a yacht. So it's or like seafood inspired, right? She can really cook whatever and make it taste awesome. And so I'm actually looking forward to seeing her the most um, get up to the top. Is she kind of like a homebody? She got like no boyfriend or anything. Her parents came over to see her when she was having like, you know, family day at MasterChef. I was a little surprised at that. No, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I'm really allowed to tell about her home life, but I am, I am anyways. <laughs> but she left, um, you know, kind of the, the southern Bible Belt area where she was from to go, you know, be in the Bahamas, I think, for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, and she got to experience a whole, whole lot of different food get over there and as far as i know she still is um she, she still is dating an nhl player there's a there's some hockey running in her family background so Ugh. you know she's got a pro athlete on her side right now <laughs> yeah of course it always happens uh well i don't know if we can classify yeah, right. nhl as a professional sport but that's neither here nor there whole different argument for a different day uh one last question lynn before i let you go how annoying is it when you put your plate of food up to be judged by, uh, you know, the likes of Gordon Ramsay and the other two guys, when Graham comes down, takes a bite of food, and then stares off in the left space, that really irks me. Is it annoying when you're in person, when he takes that bite of food and he just kind of stares up at whatever the hell he's staring at? What is that all about? You know, if it annoyed us, <laughs> oh my gosh, that... That judging room would be a madhouse every single day, but we kind of learned to embrace it and we kind of learned to laugh at it every time. So I remember all these, um, these moments when we went out as a cast and we went out to go eat and if we had a good dish, we'd all do the Graham Elliott, which basically we put the fork in our mouth, you know, close our eyes and then kind of look off into space and be like, Hmm, so that was really good. And you know, every one of us would just laugh because we knew. Man, those judges, they have their own little idiosyncrasies, but when you hear it literally like for six, seven hours a day, man, you, you start picking some stuff up and it, it can get annoying, but, you know, Graham's such an endearing character. We just, we, we, we don't, I guess we didn't see that. We didn't see it as annoying, but yeah, he does do that pretty much every time. It's not just a lot. It's, it's every time. And so, you know, next time you have a good bite to eat, Greg. Do the Graham Ellie and see if it makes it taste better. <laughs> I'm gonna, I will try that a little bit later this evening. We're talking with Lin Chi. Again, his website, linchi.com. Uh, you can check out all his photography that he does there. And, of course, he was on this season of Master Chef. Lin, always appreciate the time. Thanks for breaking it down, and uh, maybe we can do it again in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Pleasure, Greg. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Love you got the show. It. All right, thanks. There he is. My favorite Master Chef, Lin Chi, linchi.com. This dude is a food photographer uh, extraordinaire, by the way. I mean, if you need food shots, if you're putting together like a magazine or you want to make, you know, some type of a pitch to TV people and you want to make sure your food looks spectacular <laughs> and you have some cash to invest, he might be a guy you want to look up.
fly out and have them take succulent pictures of your succulent dishes. Longest running supporter of this show. You know them. You love them. The barbecue guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control technology. Look, if you have been thinking even for a moment about getting an automatic pit temperature control device, just stop thinking about it. Get it from these people. Why would you go anywhere else? They created this technology. No reason to look at anybody else. Not familiar with how these little beauties work. I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine going to the Sam's Club local and winning. Well, that's what Barbecue Guru does. They just stroll right up to the Sam's Club local, and they just win the son of a bitch. No problem. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with the kids doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs, and then you are off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Barbecue Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Number of different models to choose from. CyberQ Wi-Fi. Sweeping the nation faster than porno. CyberQ2, DigiQ, DX2, the newest unit, the PartyQ, and at $129 for most cookers. Easiest point of entry into the world of automatic temperature control devices. Uh, $10 added for the people that use the Big Green Eggs, the uh, Bubba Kegs, the Kamado-style cookers for that extra flange that you need to hook on to. But it runs on AA batteries. It's easy to move from cooker to cooker. I say it each and every week. The prostitute of bullet-style and kettle-style and Kamado-style cookers because you can go from a kettle cooker to a bullet cooker to a Kamado-style cooker, all with the same one. It's great. Very versatile. Now, if you're in the market for a barbecue pit, why not check out the Onyx oven? Winning on competition circuits as early as three days ago. Fits well in your backyard. Fully insulated, holds a ton of meat, accommodates half and full pans for food service. You know it's going to work seamlessly with the Barbecue Guru automatic temperature control devices. Here's what I want you to do. Go to thebbqguru.com, check out all their products, and if you have any questions, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box, 800-288-GURU, or visit them online, thebbqguru.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, you would recall before we got into talking with Lynn Chi, we had a Sweet Smoke Q Juice prize giveaway in the winner, Blake Moody. Blake! Uh, go ahead and send me your shipping info, Blake, and uh, reference Sweet Smoke Q Juice. Jim will get you a bottle out ASAFP. 
as soon as freaking possible for those people that are uh, acronymically, not a word, not a word, yeah, acronymically challenged. Blake Moody wins Sweet Smoke Hugis. Again, if you didn't win, relax. The good news is Jim has signed on for at least the short-term every-week giveaway of Sweet Smoke Q Juice. Sweet Smoke Q, the letter Q, dot com if you want to get a bottle for your own. All right, lots to get to in the second hour. Uh, I will not be going back outside because, quite frankly, there's a very good chance that I could be eaten by seven or five million bugs between the floodlights and the studio light. We raised the level of bugs that are collecting out in the back by 758,000%. Yeah, there's another one. Damn. Knocked my damn microphone off. Did you see that thing go right for my head? It was crazy. Uh, thanks to Lynn Chi for joining me in the first hour. MasterChef Season 4 contestant. A lot of TV talk tonight. Got the MasterChef. We got uh, one of the final pitmasters coming up around 1014. A lot of TV talk. Uh, he thinks that it's one of the two remaining Jays. Jordan kicked out last week. I thought Jordan was a little overrated myself. You know, I'm no uh, expert. My daughters are always like, you know, you should try out for MasterChef. It's like, yeah, let me try out to get told you don't have what it takes to get past the uh, first floor producer. Beat it. I'll save myself the embarrassment if it's all right. I have a better shot of being on Barbecue Pitmasters. And I wouldn't do that either. I would. I'll show these competition cooks the backyard guy just like me that can go in and take victory. Sweet. Sweet victory. Also, thanks to Greg Fassett for uh, joining me from Memphis Grills, memphisgrills.com. One of the very few that claim to get up to 700 degrees on the higher-end models. Good amount of space. But being able to ramp up from a true barbecue temperature. So again, you know, maybe you want a redneck sous vide on a Memphis grill, right? 150 degrees, 180 degrees. Leave it on there for uh, 25, 30 minutes. Let that inter- internal temperature start to ramp up a little bit. And then once you get the internal right... Because the outside cooks, uh, you know, it looks a little crappy, a little grayish. Because you're redneck sous veding it. Then you take out the diffuser over the burn pot. Ramp it up to 700 degrees. And then once it achieves 700 degrees internal, you can go to uh, uh, open flame one, open flame two, open flame three. Uh, different height settings. We didn't really get into that too much. I just got that bug. And now you're off uh, adding a little layer of caramelization over that steak that you just redneck sous vide on that Memphis Grill. Check it out, memphisgrills.com. All right, uh, I'm going to refreshen my iced tea, icy only. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, folks, but last four weeks, no drinking on the show. I'm feeling really clear-headed. Maybe you should try it. You, I'm talking to you. Not you, not you, but you. You should try not drinking during the show and see how much you like it. All right, uh, we're back at the top of the hour right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back.
hand Why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how you going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate fifty four wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, you have to shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Welcome to the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Plenty to get to. Don't you even worry about it. Don't you worry your little melon. Oh. Where the hell did that page go? Flying out loud. How am I supposed to navigate on this thing? All right, still to come tonight, Rod Gray from Pellet Envy coming up in about uh, 11, 12 minutes from now. Do I have Skype on? I should probably get my Skype up and running. I want to make sure I can get uh, Rod. Also helping me close the show around 10.35 tonight, might be uh, closer to 10.37, Scott Roberts from Scott Roberts Web, the official Barbecue Central Sauce and Rub Reviewer. On the show next week, Aaron Evanson. Do you know Aaron Evanson? Quick, uh, quick poll. Poll. In the instant chat, does anybody know who Aaron Evanson is? I mentioned her probably about three or four weeks ago. Anybody? Anybody at all in the chat room? Aaron Evanson. Yeah, I didn't think. Get that free stuff out of here. She won like a hundred and fifty thousand, hundred thousand uh, dollars. She won the Build a Better Burger contest last month. So we're going to talk to her, see what she puts in her burger. Everybody loves burgers. Summertime burgers. She made the best burger that won the most money at a one-time shot this year. Aaron Evanson. Friend of the show, Stephen Reichlin, was judging or was one of the judges that voted her burger to be uh, one of the best ones ever. Uh, also, coming up next week, Peter Gabriel from sponsor of the show iGrill will be joining us. And then I have pulled out all of the stops, got people to sign off, ponied up large sums of money, or as we say here in Northeast Ohio, bags and bags of cash to land an interview with the one and only Chadley Von Ward of Whiskey Bent Barbecue. All slated to join me next week. Now, pay attention here while I use the rest of the time to go over something very important, very important. Operation Barbecue Relief Raffle for the Hog with a Heart class will be given away. Uh, I'm sorry, that's going to be taking place at this year's American Royal. Tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to be setting up a page through the Barbecue Central Network homepage that will have a link to buy raffle tickets. They will be around $25 or so. It might be like this weird 
like $26.14 or something just to offset PayPal fees so we net out 25 bucks. But you will get a, a free ticket if you win. If you buy the winning raffle ticket, let me say it in this way. If you buy the winning raffle ticket, you will get a free ticket into the class. Huge party the night before. And then, of course, class day of all meals taken care of. Note, before you buy the raffle ticket, you have to get yourself there to the American Royal. That's the deal. The upshot is that even if you don't win, you will be helping a great cause and Operation Barbecue Relief. Again, uh, $25 to win a class that if you don't win and you still wanted to go is going to run you $1,500 ticket price if you don't get the discount. It's a straight up $1,500. So... You know, that ain't too bad either, right? The raffle will run for two weeks once we start it. Uh, I will pull the winner randomly. And there you have it. I will get the link to the purchase page out via special podcast message uh, once I have it done. And then uh, all through the social media channels as well. Uh, By the way, it seems that uh, in some form or fashion, I have been hacked. If you see a post from me on Twitter or uh, my two Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, and there's no... Like, it doesn't lead up to anything. It just says, I did this, and there's a link. Don't click on that. Don't click on it. Don't do it. Bad. Bad things can happen. Or ask me, should I click on this link? Somebody's screwing with me. It's Hootsuite's problem. And me and Hootsuite, we're going to fist fight. When I see Hootsuite on the street, we're going to fist fight. So that's what's happening with Operation Barbecue Relief and the prize and the raffle. Once again, just to recap, if you're joining me right now, you didn't hear it. Operation Barbecue Relief, we're doing a raffle for the Hog with a Heart class. That is going to be given at this year's American Royal. I'm going to be setting up a page that will have a link to pay for tickets. Tickets are going to be $25-ish. I'm going to net out $25 is what I'm saying. Once you get your ticket, and there's no limit on the amount of tickets that you can get, once you get the ticket... We will have a random drawing. I will do it right here. All the cameras will be on. Everybody will see who wins. You know, no reason for me to screw anybody. That ticket for the winning person will get you in to the Hog with a Heart class. Again, retail price for this class for everybody else is taking is $1,500. So a $25 investment or donation or purchase of a ticket, because that $25 immediately will get turned around Operation Barbecue Relief, whether we sell four or 4,000 tickets, whatever. You get into that class for the $25. Now, remember, you have to get yourself to the American Royal, so if you don't live by there, or you didn't plan on going and you win, you know, make sure that you understand those terms. You have to get yourself there. But you get dinner the night before, you get the whole day class, you're going to get to meet a whole bunch of people, and you don't have to pay $1,500 to get in the class. Again, we'll run it for about two weeks, uh, and I will randomly pull the winner here on this show. I'll get the link out uh, for the purchase page via podcast message again, and then through my social media channels. There you go. Also, uh, in case you didn't know, this past Friday, and I'd done a lot of uh, YouTubing and Facebook posting about this, uh, I, was able to sat, I was able to sit down this past Friday with Gary Vaynerchuk of Wine Library and Wine Larry Library TV fame. He has since gone on to huge business dealings, both uh, with his own media company, and he's authored a number of books, and he's a social media expert. But we did spend some quality time during our sit-down 
interview segment to cover what wines he thinks would pair best with the four big competition meats. Uh, we use kind of the traditional flavor profiles that are winning right now. So if you are ever in an instance for the remainder of the year where you think you're going to have to be called on to uh, bring wine to a barbecue party or to a competition, uh, no one has a more keen palate on what pairs well with what barbecue food than Gary. Uh, well worth a watch. Go check it out on my website, the bbqcentralshow.com. Uh, wine and barbecue pairings, I think I put it. Or go to my YouTube page as well. It's all there. And there you have it. Also, Sam's Club rolled into, I believe it was Virginia. Uh, barbecue Guru wins that one. Apocalypse Now, Jokers and Smokers, Hog Nation Barbecue. Hambones by the Fire and Badlands Barbecue round out the top six. They will be moving on to Chesapeake, Virginia Regional, uh, which will take place uh, just in a few short weeks from now. So uh, another top six teams moving on, and uh, that regional final will be coming to a close. Believe it or not, folks, almost into September. Almost into September means almost into October, and that's the heavy part of the competition season with all the big Nellies getting ready to come off for that one. Uh, we talk about Butcher's Barbecue on the show all the time. Great injections, great rubs, great sauces, well known for all that stuff. Here's what I want you to know. Well, between you, me, and the fence post, sometimes you, know, you get a little hair up your ass. You decide that you want to test the market and buy somebody else's injection. Hey, I understand. We all want to make sure that we're shopping around, getting fair deals, making sure that our product is as good as it should be. Inevitably, you think the grass is greener, you screw up, you buy somebody else's, then you try it, and the scores start to tumble, and the neighbors start up kind of coming around for the barbecue, and you're like, man, what did I screw up? We changed injections. Now, in the past, you know, maybe you bought 5 pounds or 10 pounds or 20 pounds or whatever. It stinks. You aren't reaping the rewards that you thought you were going to get. And now you're stuck with like four pounds left over. What are you going to do with that? Before you had to just throw it out, chalk it up to a loss. Might as well just throw out $5 bills in the trash. Not anymore. Butcher's Barbecue has a trade-in program. You go to butcherbbq.com. You look up at the very top right of the navigation. There's a thing that says trade-in link. Click it. Print off the page. Package up your commercially made crap injection that you have left. And then send it on its merry way to Dave Bosco at Butcher Barbecue. Once it gets to Oklahoma, Dave is going to weigh it out. And then in return, and at your behest, he'll send you back pork injection, beef injection, prime injection, bird booster if you want to try it. And now everybody's happy again. You come back to the good people. The high fives start coming back from the buddies around the neighborhood, and the scores on the competition circuit start to skyrocket back where they should have been in the first place. And again, it is good with the bird booster. So, you know, we talk about the rubs, we talk about the sauce, we talk about all that, but I did want to make special mention that if you think you have been jammed or screwed or whatever by another commercially made injection, and it has to be commercially made, don't fear about getting taken advantage of anymore. Send it to Dave. He'll take care of it properly, and then in return, send you back the good stuff. The beef injection, the pork injection, the prime injection, or the bird booster as well. Bird booster retains seven times more liquid, moisture, whatever you want to call it, than just traditional brining. Seven times more. How about 3% to 21%? Wait, I got that wrong. Three times more. 7% for brining, 21% for bird booster. You tell me. I'm no mathematician, but I always take more. No matter what, I always take more, right? 
ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. Oh, by the way, he's going to be on uh, Pitmaster's final as well, which is a great segue to Rod Gray coming up next. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. My next guest, one of the more uh, popular guests on this show. Uh, this weekend, he won his semifinal round of Barbecue Pitmasters and completes the final three contestants. He will face Lene Oxley of Sugar's Barbecue, Dave Bosk of Butcher Barbecue, to see who walks away with the 50 Gs in the title of Barbecue Pitmaster Grand Champion and an automatic berth to the Kingsford Invitational this year as well. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline. Welcome in friend of the show, Rod Gray, pitmaster of Pellet Envy. Rod, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Rod. Um, no uh, no camera for you tonight? Yeah. I, I, I'm sitting in front of it, but it's not on. I don't know. What am I doing wrong? Do you see the little camera button? I don't see shit. Hover your mouse over there. Does the camera got a line through it? Yeah. Yeah. Click it. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Rod Gray. Look at that. Sexier in person. All right, we're lying about that, but at least we can see. You uh, like my wife beater V-neck t-shirt tonight? That's, uh, I'm introducing a line of Pellet Envy where this is the first thing. <laughs> I was going to say, if you uh, dropped the Pellet Envy name and went with F-Bomb Barbecue, that would be the giddy-up for sure. That is the name. You, you remember I'm holding that back for some season special. Oh, man. that's uh, what I, think that, I still think that's probably uh, one of the best names that a team could ever get. Uh, do you have copyright on that just in case somebody's listening tonight and decides they're going to take that? No, but I'll get the closer on it right away because that's what she does. All right, good enough. Oh, uh, how come you cut me off and I can't see you all? See me there, I am. We're back. Relax. We got this all under control. You segued, you segued nicely into this, Rod. And before we get into the show and what you're up to, you know, right at the turn of the new year, your wife Sherry underwent kidney transplant because of an extremely rare kidney disease. I mean, she looked great on the TV show Sunday. How is she physically, and, and what's her outlook going forward? Um, I will, well, um, you're totally blowing my badass attitude here, but Sherry's doing great. Sherry um, got that kidney in the middle of January, and honestly, life is about as normal as it was before she ever contracted that rare blood disorder. So things are going really well. Um, she's feeling great. She's back to work full time. She's back to being a pain in my ass the whole bit. So it's, it's, it's working. Now you know it's working if she's a pain in the ass. Uh, so Sunday, your semifinal show hits the TV, and you're up against Stump McDowell from Stump Smokers and Robbie Royal from Rescue Smokers. How much experience, if any, do you have cooking against these two guys in the previous? Sorry, we got a friend in the room that we're supposed to be put away. Um, <laughs> what, and what the hell are you looking at? I can see you, but you look at everything but your camera. I, I don't get that. It's a radio show. I'm looking all around. But you got a camera on. Yeah, but I have, uh, if I could, I don't have enough. I'm, I'm actually looking at you. When I look at this way, I see a bigger picture of you right here than on my list. It's very complicated, Rod. You stick to task. You're a professional. It's screwed up. It's just messed up. <laughs> Ask me again because now I'm refocused. 
What right. do you want to know? So uh, the show hits the air. You go up against Stump McDowell from Stump yeah. Smokers and Robbie Royal yeah. from Rescue Smokers. How much experience, if any, do you have cooking against these two guys previous to the show? You know what? I'd never met either one of them in person ever. Um, I know Stump by reputation, and I didn't know a thing about Robbie Royal before I shook his hand on Thursday, the day before we started to shoot that episode. Rod Gray from, Rod Gray from Pellet Envy joining me here on the show. Pellet Envy. Dot com is his website if you want to check it. A newly revamped website, I might add. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we got that done before the first show aired, like two days before. It was a lot of work. For as simple as it looks, it was a lot of hard work, but I'm pretty proud of the way it turned out. When you open the coolers and see what meat is in there, you have venison. The two Georgia boys seemed almost unfazed and, I guess, to a point, a little excited as they had experience with it. But not you seriously concerned at that point, or did you immediately kind of start forming a game plan? No, um, I was seriously concerned, but know this, if you watch that back, they didn't know what it was either. We were all staring at this meat, not knowing, knowing exactly what was in there. I could tell how lean it was instantly. I could tell how dark it was. I had, had a feeling it was some game meat, but I wasn't sure. Once I would have popped that package, I would have known it was some sort of a, of a game tenderloin, but, but those guys didn't know until we were told exactly what was in there. But yeah, no, no, I was concerned. I was very concerned. You know, what... I'm just asking you to speculate, but why do TV shows go out of their way to make you look like, oh, crap, I don't know what it is, or I've never done it, and then the other guys be like, yeah, this is something that we just stick around with every day when they, when clearly nobody knew what the hell? I don't know, because, you know, I was sharing, and I've discussed this quite a bit, you can't believe how much stuff they leave on the cutting room floor in those shows. You know, we feel like we can edit that show better than they do. I know we can't, but, you know, it's over on Sunday night, and we're driving home. We went over to our sister-in-law to watch it, and, and we're saying, what about this, and what about that, and why didn't they include this, why include that? But, you know, that's, that's not our job. We'll leave that to them. The other meat in the cooler was brisket point. So, like, the third time in a row that you have gotten some kind of brisket meat to your favor. I mean, widely considered to be one of the better brisket cooks out there in the country, even amongst the people that you face on the show. Do you feel like you need to just keep the venison close at this point because you can kind of overcome any shortfall with the brisket? Well, um, yeah, I want to back up and tell you a story about that. But yep. but uh, I just figure if I can keep my brisket in the ballpark, uh, not my brisket, my venison in the ballpark and cook a great brisket, I probably have a decent shot at it. A um, couple of things. One, I don't know if they were really clear about it, but they asked us to specifically um, turn in both slices and burn-ins in chunk form. Yep. And I don't know if they actually – did they say that on the show? Yes. I, I never really caught it. Yes, they did. They did. Okay. Well, you know, in Kansas City, we don't slice our brisket points. We All we do is queue them up for burn-ins. So, but, but I think the opposite thing there was those guys don't cook a lot of brisket points. Um, I'm not really sure – Honestly, they knew that they had brisket points in there when they opened that cooler because they had a really heavy fat cap on this group. They didn't look like points. You couldn't see the grain of them. We just weren't really sure what they were. I knew instantly what they were, of course. But, um, but uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that, but to answer your question, yes. I felt like cook a good brisket and, and, and don't screw up the venison, and I think I have a shot at it. At least I felt that way. So you're self-admittedly not a big fan of eating barbecue. So where does venison rank on your list of things that you might ever try and eat again? Never. Venison ranks. Venison is rank, I should say. <laughs> it was gamey. Um, it, you know, it had, the, it had the texture of a beef tenderloin and the flavor of somebody's old shoe to me. It just wasn't good. Um, that little, we're dipping that little bit of barbecue sauce. 
we sauce the crap out of the stuff. You couldn't really see it in the box because it kind of sat and we sliced it, but we sauced the heck out of it. I want to tell you a story, though. Yep. So Thursday, we're in this room doing our prep work, and, and uh, they set us in the room the same way that we're on the show. So it's Stump on the very far left, Robbie in the middle, and me on the right. And they went across the room and said, what do you guys think you're going to cook? And uh, I didn't even understand what Stump said. I mean, that's no act. You have to you have to have an interpreter to understand what Stump says. Um, <laughs> but then I forget what Robbie said, but he had some educated guess what he thought it was going to be. And they got to me. And I said, I don't know what the hell these guys are talking about. All I've ever cooked on this show is brisket and ribs, so surely it's going to be brisket and ribs. Man, <laughs> did I line up Stump and Robbie Royal. They were pissed off about that. And then we opened those coolers and there's brisket points in there. And I got to tell you, one of those two guys was really not a happy camper. Is is there almost a it's it's fixed or just like, wow, how lucky is this guy? Well, I think it was. And actually, um, they made a point to tell us. We, we put all the meats in place before we ever slotted the people into the show and what show they were going to cook. So the fact that my semi, according to the, according to the crew, my semifinal, that third semifinal and three semifinal was always going to cook brisket points because we were in Kansas City and venison. And they didn't know if I were going to get through my first round. They didn't even know what, what round I was going to be in. Um, I think they hand selected us for the first round, you know, three guys who had won on the show before. But I'm not sure they, they put the thought process into if, if Rod Gray wins, he gets to go home to Kansas City and cook. And they couldn't change it after the fact because the other two semifinals were set and the people were told where they were going to go. So I just had to come to Tilly Summit to cook. So I think it was just kind of a luck of the draw thing, and it just happened to work out in my favor. Rod Gray joining me here on the show, PelletEnvy.com is website. You know, Rod, the brisket cooks seemed to go off pretty much without a hitch for you. I assume that there wasn't anything that you weren't happy with uh, for that side of the competition. No, no way. That's not true at all, Greg. We were not happy with the brisket. The brisket was a little dry. It wasn't tough as an undercooked. It was just that it dried on it. Dried the slices were dry enough that they just weren't good. They weren't up to our standards. Did you did you notice when they call me to be the winner? They're showing me, and over my shoulder is Sherry, and you can mouth her saying "Holy shit!" No. When we because we didn't know we had any shot at winning that. It was really a tough cook for us. When you have a situation of, well, as you said, you're not typically going for slices out of your point anyway. So when you're put in that situation, the point is typically uh, fat laden, I guess you could say. So a lot of people would immediately assume there's so much fat, there's going to be a lot of juice. The meat's going to be all right. Uh, is, it, is it just that hard to get slices out of a point regardless? No, it's not. If you go to Texas and order barbecue, they'll ask you if you want lean or you want moist and moist is slices of the point. Um, it's absolutely possible. I think having the fat cap on it helps hold that slice together because you still need to take it up so high. I think my mistake was I stopped a, a couple of those points about 200 degrees so I could slice them and I let the others go on up to where I thought they were tender enough to be burnt ends, which was somewhere. Honestly, I didn't probe my, probe my points that way. I just took them by feel, but I bet they were closer to 210. And so there were two different textures there. And those slices just well, they just weren't, they weren't my favorite, is what I should say. They're not the way I want to eat a brisket point, but obviously it worked out with the judges. They didn't have a lot of bad things to say about it. No, and, you know, you get through the judging, you know, they weren't loving the venison, but they didn't hate it. And in turn, oh. each of them loved your brisket, and both Robbie and Stumps had a bit more tug on their brisket than the judges wanted. You win the day, you move on to the finals, which let the record show. I said you would win last week, nevertheless. Size up your competition in Lene Oxley and Dave Boskin. 
Well, let's start with David. You know, David and I kind of cook in the same circles. He's only a few hours for me. Um, he stays around Oklahoma, and I don't get down there that much. But we see each other on a regular basis. And David's not only a good cook, um, I think he's methodical in his approach. I also think he knows a ton about breaking down an animal and the different the different muscles and the different cuts. Some stuff I have a little bit of knowledge of, but not to the level that David does. I mean, that's his job. Uh, that's what he does every day. So you have to factor David in his very, very tough competition. Lene, nobody knows much about Lene. She's on the West Coast. She doesn't travel all that much except to the Jack. I had met her once or twice, maybe when I was out in Vegas or maybe once at the Jack Daniels. And then when she came to do her first round here in Kansas City, we did get together and have lunch. Um, but I know nothing about Lene, nothing about her cooking experience or her background or anything. So she's completely a wild card. And she knocked out a couple of pretty decent competitors along the way. So, you know, something there to that. She must be a decent cook. So we're going into this, and I'm thinking, well, you know, and I've read some comments online about I think the meat's going to determine what's going to going to win the thing. But uh, I think it's anybody's day. I think it's you, I had a bad cook in Lee Summit and got away with it. Um, I think you can have a bad cook and it can kill you. Uh, but it, they're both good competitors, just in different ways, completely different ways. Let me ask you something. You know, I've watched each episode this season, and here's what I think. You have three very qualified judges in regards to what they have won during their time out on the circuit, and they all have success to some degree in the restaurant game. I guess maybe not Myron Mixon as of late, but the folks who are on the circuit for this show maybe have this built-in advantage whether they know it or not, because here's what I mean. The judges compete on the circuit. The competitors know this, so they're using profiles that the judges might use if the tables were turned and the judges were cooking kind of to their advantage I mean, I have to imagine if the tables were turned, these guys would be cooking in a similar fashion to how you are. Is that fair to say? I think it's a fair assessment, Greg. I'm not sure it's exactly what I did um, until the finals, and I did a little more of it in the finals. And I, the first two rounds, I cooked my food and turned it in because they were my categories. We get to the finals, and I would tell you that I probably used a little more psychology in my cook, and I probably – considered who was judging it a little more than I had in the first two rounds. You know, we, I had um, Danielle as my third judge in the first round, and I had uh, um, Melissa as my third judge in the second round. So I had a couple of different judges there. But I, I think what you say could be true. It didn't happen with me in the first two rounds, but I would say I used some of that in the third round for sure. When is the final show going to happen? When is it? Yeah. It's this Sunday, the 25th of August. I don't know if they were going to run that one weekend off uh, so they can catch everybody up in a marathon, but whatever. Uh, so that'll be this coming Sunday. We lose some momentum of throwing the, uh, showing the three semifinals back to back to back. And um, you can go and look online. I don't think I'm telling anything out of school. They haven't really talked to us about what we can and can't say, but it is a two-hour finale. So two it's hours? It's from 9 to 11 on Sunday night. Oh, my. I can't stay up until 11 o'clock on Sunday night. I got school in the morning, Rod. What are we going to do? Uh, so, do you uh, you walk away with a win or what? I'm sorry, you cut out there. <laughs> Rod Gray joining us here on the show. PelletEnvy.com is the website. Uh, Rob, I'm going to transition out of the show here just for a couple more minutes while I got you, and I appreciate the time. I know you're very busy. Uh, little update on the rubs and the sauces. How's that going for you? You know, um, I get that question a lot, and, and here's my here's my honest answer. This is my eighth month in the business. I don't even have a year to look back and reflect on, you know, what we've done or, or a year to compare it. But um, we're ordering a ton of it and we're selling it all over the country. 
And I think it's going really well, but I don't have a frame of reference for that. So we just keep pumping it out the door and people keep buying it. Um, a couple of the products are really, really catching on. The IPO sauce and the Zero to Hero is a great, seem to be a great combination on ribs all around the country. Um, people are beating me with it from what I understand if they're telling me the truth. So uh, I just, it's going great. It's, I'm proud of those products and we're, we're, a lot of people are trying them and I'm getting a lot of really, really fabulous feedback about them. Do you have a percentage of people that are buying them in the traditional brick and mortar stores and a percentage that are going online retailers only? Well, here's the thing. I've got it in 49 grocery stores here in town and price chopper stores all over the city. So um, you're, I'm offsetting about 18 or 20 barbecue specialty stores around the country um, selling it versus 49 stores here in town that are selling it to just the regular consumer. So there's a balance there. I will tell you that um, BigPapaSmokers.com and the Kansas City Barbecue Store.com is, is selling a ton of the product, a ton of it. I'm, I'm actually blown away by that because those people, for the most part, are fellow competitors. And I just I'm amazed at it, honestly. Rod, aside from uh, this coming Sunday on the Barbecue Pitmasters final, where are you going to be uh, competing at next? My next competition is in South Dakota. Um, I'm going to do I'm, I've got a sold out class this weekend in Kansas City. Um, 16 different states represented in this, in this sold out class. Wow. So get through that. We're going to have a watch party, uh, for the finale. Uh, and then I'm going to take the weekend, the, the holiday weekend off just kind of, kind of regroup and, and hit it hard for September. Try to start finding a way to qualify for the Royal for next year and for the Jack if possible. Going to South Dakota first and then around here some. And before you know it, it's American Royal time, the first of October, my favorite contest in the country. Rod, are you surprised, you know, you're kind of like uh, you and Johnny are kind of like the, the trendsetters of the new age barbecue competition cooking classes. You know, fast forward to 2013. I mean, are you surprised that you're still this popular and people are uh, ready to come to your class at the drop of a hat? Um, a little bit, Greg, but for the, for a different reason. We, we, I tell you everything we do in the class. I don't hold back because if I did, I'd have to remember what I told you, what I didn't tell you. So we just literally go through our program start to finish. But I think what's going on and, and some, some things that we're taking some, some students out of my seats are, are turning around to bite those other people because we're there, some other, I'm getting some, some feedback from some folks saying, you know what, Rod, we were spoiled by your class. It's a fabulous class. It's the, it's the best class we've attended. So I think that's finally coming back around and people are figuring out that we put on a pretty top-notch show. So, uh, yeah, this class sold out really fast. And I probably get right now, because of the show, I probably get a dozen inquiries a day asking for our 2014 schedule, which I'm working on right now and hope to have out in the next couple of weeks. Rod Gray will be going up against Dave Bosco of Butcher's Barbecue and Lene Oxley of Sugar's Barbecue this coming weekend in the Barbecue Pitmasters season finale, and then he'll be up in South Dakota cooking as well. Tune in, see if Rod wins it all. Rod, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight, buddy. Hey, Greg, I got I to give a shout-out to my, my major sponsor, Grease Lightning. You always let me do that. Great people, great product. They support barbecue. Help me support them. Thanks for having me on. Love to come on. Love the show. Uh, the, Lynn, the Lynn interview was awesome. I watched MasterChef, so he sounds just like the same person on television. I wish I was as cool and as smooth as he was. Yeah, he's a great guy, no doubt. Thanks, Greg. All right, Rod, take care. There he is. Rod Gray of Pellet Envy. Again, the website, pelletenvy.com, if you want to uh, check it out. Buy the rub, buy the sauce. All very good stuff, by the way. Who's call? Somebody's calling me. All right.
That's my next guest. Don't worry about that. Uh, so thanks again to Rod Gray for uh, breaking it down. Rod, a smooth character. I don't know if anybody was paying attention there, but right at the end, I was like, you walk away with a win and you just kind of duck down and was like, ah, you kind of cut out there. I see what you're doing. I see you working there, Rod. You can't fool this guy. I agree with uh, Sugar's Barbecue, or I'm sorry, I agree with uh, Patrick Paquette. Uh, Rod, always a great interview. Doesn't hold back. Uh, coming up out of the break, a $10 gift card to the Barbecue Superstore, so stick around if you want to win. Also, Scott Roberts out of the break. Folks, we talk about it all the time here on this show, a barbecue jeweler to the stars, Stephen DeFranco. To show you. I don't know if you guys saw it when I was going around the new Green Mountain Grill cooker. Uh, but I got this succulent timepiece uh, right here. This is a uh, Accutron, or I'm sorry, this is a Bolova Precisionist. Why well, I want to focus? God damn it. How about this? Is it focused yet? No. 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 All right. Look, here's the bottom line. This thing looks, you know, roughly like a million dollars. It's not a million dollars. And the way you don't have to pay a million dollars is this. You go to the website, Stephen DeFranco, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, StephenDeFranco.com. And then take a look at the inventory. You know, especially if you don't live in the uh, greater Cleveland area. And look, uh, I understand a lot of us don't live in the greater Cleveland area. I do. So I can go and look at it. But once you get through the website and you see exactly what he's got, you give him a call, 440-943-2700. And then ask for Steve. When somebody answers the phone, if it's not, you know, this is Steve, ask for Steve. He'll get on the phone, tell him who you are, tell him you listen to the show all the time. Your barbecue brother or sister, and you found this particular piece of jewelry that you see on his website. And then he's going to ask you a series of questions. Make sure that, that you're buying it for all the right reasons. Make sure that what you think you want and what you want you want are what you want when you want it. And then, of course, uh, he's going to save you a bunch of cash, both on the retail price and with things like extended warranties, uh, batteries for life, free shipping, all that great stuff. And maybe you're looking to make a serious purchase like diamonds or, you know, big gold necklaces or something like that. You know, don't go to the chain stores where some snot-nosed punk who doesn't know jack squat about nothing is getting paid ham cheese per hour to sell you this stuff because they got huge overhead. They got to pay the light bills. They got to pay the fact they got 75000 Forget about all of that. You want to deal with somebody that is his own shop and that's an expert, widely considered to be the expert in the industry, and that's Stephen DeFranco. StephenDeFranco.com. And, and, 440-943-2700. David Qualls is right. My Precisionist does have a sweep hand, a sweep second hand, just like a Rolex, but I'm not paying $25,000. I mean, I would if I could. I can't. All right, uh, your chance to win a gift card coming right up out of the break. Stick around. Now's the time on the show where we get stuff away. Yeah. It's free and you don't have to pay a thing. That's why it's free. Yeah. All right, a $10 gift card to the Barbecue Superstore if you want it. TheBBQSuperstore.com If you uh, want to just check out what they got, regardless. Uh, in an email you shoot to me right now, it says uh, Rod Gray Pellet Envy Pitmaster. Rod Gray Pellet Envy Pitmaster. 
spelled correctly. And you can get your fingers on a $10 gift card from the Barbecue Superstore. Rod Gray, Pellet Envy Pitmaster. Good luck. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Oh, you know what that song is, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get ready to sing. You know you want me to sing. He lights the fires, and he lights the fires, and he's running low, and he's drinking all joke. Slow smoke meat, that's his only goal. He's putting that pig on the pig. I don't know the words, but I know Pitmaster. I got vibrato there like nobody else. Get me on American Idol, God damn it. Pitmaster's American Idol, sweeping the nation. Uh, Lene Oxley saying that I look well tanned. Lene, thank you. It's the Italian in my blood. Or it's the heroin in my blood. Probably not the heroin. Probably the heroin. All right, uh, helping me close the show tonight, a monthly guest. We call him the official rub reviewer and sauce reviewer of the Barbecue Central show. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome in Scott Roberts. Scott, how are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. How are you doing, Greg? Absolutely fantastic myself, Scott, and I appreciate you asking a number of things to get here tonight. But first and foremost, what is happening in the world of ScottRobertsWeb.com, the world of fiery foods, and, and where are you? You look like you're in like a professional studio. I actually am. I'm at the Two Guys Talking Podcast Studio. Um, the internet is down at my house, and it will be down until probably Thursday. So I had to kind of do all my work over here, get all my online access. And since I'm here, I might as well do the whole video presence. And it looks absolutely fantastic. So I appreciate you getting over to the broadcast studios of two two guys talking. What is that all about? Give us a little heads up on that. Uh, it started several years ago, actually. The, the the beginning of it was just simply two guys talking back and forth about a number of topics. The first show was just simply uh, two guys getting together and talking during a lunch break. And that kind of metamorphosized into the 24 podcast, the, the series starring Kiefer Sutherland, uh, soon began to amass thousands of followers. And we've just kind of been branching out from there. I've joined them probably three, four years ago. And, you know, we do ones for... The TV shows Dexter, True Blood, the Weekly Firecast is now part of the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Very lucky, lucky to be part of them. Get a lot of exposure, advertising opportunities, so I get to record here now. It's a lot of fun. Hey, Scott, guess what? Show is not part of the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. This show, not part of Two Guys Talking. We'll talk is, later about it. What the hell is going on? <laughs> All right, uh, Scott Roberts joining us here on the show. ScottRobertsWeb.com if you want to check him out while we're talking. Uh, the first thing that we're going to be talking about tonight is called Phil's Honey apple barbecue sauce uh, very excited to look at that and because i have fixed my software i'm going to actually be able to click on some links and show pictures at the same time so what can you tell us about phil's honey apple barbecue sauce well you know i'm not crazy about fruit-based barbecue sauces but a little touch of uh, apple a little touch of peach i could take and it, uh, rare occurrences i really really like them uh this one here um 
is not one of those cases that I do. As a Uh-oh. matter of fact, to me, it just has a real gritty flavor in your mouth. Uh. And just like you, I abhor liquid smoke. This one is just completely oozing of it. It's just a real dark, what's supposed to be a sweet and tangy sauce. It's just overloaded by this gritty tasting mush and this liquid smoke flavoring. It's it's not the bottom of the barrel when it comes to sauces like that. But there's way too much of it to have the base flavor of your foods, of your meats, kind of mask that. So it, you know, some sauces kind of have an odd taste when you taste them by themselves. You apply it to food. Oh, okay, now there's where the real flavor is. This one really doesn't break out into anything good. So I don't think too highly of this one. You know, when you use the words gritty and liquid smoke, I can only think of things that aren't going to be that great overall. So obviously that's the case here. A size, price point, and where could you potentially not want to get it? Okay. Uh, comes in a 16-ounce jar, or not jar, bottle for six ninety nine plus shipping at philsgourmetsauces.com. And you can get that nationwide. I, however, I do not recommend it. My oh. overall rating would be a two out of five, an oven baker. Oh, oven baker. Now, for the people that are new to the show, just tuning in tonight, uh, like what's the bottom of the barrel? What's uh, what's one or zero out of five? That would be called a rib boiler. Rib boiler. And, of course, we and hate rib boilers. You never oh boil it. You never yes. do that. Never, ever. I'm trying never. to think out of the history of the show. We've had more grand champions than we've had rib boilers, right? You know, I think we've actually had maybe one rib boiler, and that might have been the seasoning that was just way overloaded with salt. Right. Uh, I've I, I tried to purge that from my memory, and apparently I have. I don't yeah. remember the name of it. Yeah, I think, we, I think we have. I know we've had more grand champions than we've had rib boilers, and I remember hearing rib boiler once on a show. Um, so go back in the archives, folks, if you want to check it out, and then you tell me what, uh, how long ago that was since uh, Scott and I have both purged it from memory. Uh, the next one up is called Trifecta Original Barbecue Sauce. And uh, what can you tell us about this one? What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, really good Kentucky sauce. Uh, I really don't know what a Kentucky flavor profile is. Uh, just a perfect blend. Just enough sweetness. Just enough tanginess. Just enough of an oniony and peppery flavor to just be a big crowd pleaser of a sauce. Grows goes great on grilled foods, smoked foods. Chicken, pork, beef, you name it. I had actually received four different sauces from them. All of them very good, very tasty. And there are certain sauces out there. Think of your McDonald's little sauces in a cup that are just crap produced for the masses. Then there are other sauces produced for the masses that actually taste good. This is one of those examples, one of the later examples. So uh, Trifecta Original Barbecue Sauce, uh, great product, great consistency, great stickiness to your food. And again, it's an all-around crowd pleaser. I like it. All right. Uh, size and what kind of a investment are you looking at money-wise? Okay. Uh, it comes in a 13.5-ounce bottle. Uh, the website, trifectasauces.com, doesn't have any places where you can buy individual bottles, but you can buy four packs for $30 plus shipping. I would suggest that you guys do that. Uh, I 
didn't look at it too closely to see if you can kind of mix and match different flavors. It'd be good if you can do that. Maybe two of these and one of each of the other flavors, which are you know hotter and spicier versions. Uh, but all around good sauce. And this one, I would give a four out of five, a top ten call. Wow, top ten call. All right, so we go uh, Oven Baker, the top ten call, so not too bad. Uh, definitely worth the pickup. Again, trifectasauces.com. And uh, Scott recommending the four-pack for $30. Uh, so uh, heed his advice, folks. He's not here to steer you in the wrong way. Uh, the last item up for bid tonight, Scott, Dad's West Coast Wildfire Awesome Sauce. So, look, if we're being honest with each other, if you're going to throw the this word is- awesome in your sauce, things are going to go really awesome. bad or they're going to go really well. And it's like uh, my uh, favorite talk show host for sports is Jim Roman. He always says, give me an A or give me an F. So if you're going to be awesome, make it really awesome good or make it really awesome like you want to vomit. Where does it fall out here? <laughs> uh, fortunately or unfortunately, somewhere in the middle, uh, this sauce has the flavor. And when I say chili sauce, uh, most of the time, people think of, oh, a chili pepper sauce, a pepper sauce, something made out of chili peppers. This one tastes like chili con carne, chili in a bowl, chili the dish. And it is probably aiming to be more of an all-purpose type sauce with that flavor profile. I mean, you get the cumin, you get tomatoes, onions, everything that you'd normally put in a bowl of chili except for your meat and, well, sometimes beans. I don't know. Where everybody falls on that side of the fence, but that's another topic for another day. Uh, Because of that chili flavor, they do an outstanding job of reproducing that and putting it in a thick sauce form. I don't know if the camera is up right yep. there you can kind of see the consistency it's like a chunky salsa yeah uh this stuff uh, kind of mixed results when it came to barbecued meat uh chicken it's hard to kind of mess up chicken i loved it on chicken a great chili flavor to it uh tried it on pork didn't go so well and, and then i tried it on a few other things uh some tacos that we had the other night Went pretty well. Tasted like a chili cheese beef taco. So uh, you're, the results that you're going to get are going to be a mixed bag with this. It really depends on how you use it. For an all-purpose barbecue sauce, may not be the best thing. Uh, something kind of all off the beaten path if you want that good chili flavor to just use in the kitchen, to use on other things. Uh, this might be worth your while. All right, uh, Scott Roberts joining us here on the show. As far as the Dad's West Coast Wildfire American Sauce uh, size, price, where can you get it? Okay, it comes in an 8.8 fluid ounce bottle. I could not find a price on the website. So technically, I in just uh, doing research for the show, I didn't know if it was available online. It might not. I know there are a number of brick-and-mortar stores available on the website. You can try and find it that way. Or you can just you know send an email to the webmaster of that site, see if they actually were are able to sell it online if you're interested. Um, you know, if you're into just a curiosity, for curiosity's sake, I would say go ahead and pick up a bottle. Uh, this one? Kind of middle of the road, kind of positive. So I would give this one a backyard griller rating. About a three out of five. Three out of five. So, you know, when I hear three out of five, uh, I'm more apt to, if I run across it in a store, I'll probably pick it up. 
but I'm not going to go out of my way to find it if it's like three out of five. At least, you know, that's for me when you're reviewing sauces and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, he said four out of five or five out of five. I got to get it no matter what. But three out of five, I'm like, eh, if it shows up, maybe I'll get it. If not. You know, whatever. Uh, so those are our products tonight. Dad's West Coast Wildfire Awesome Sauce, Trifecta Original Barbecue Sauce, and Phil's Honey Apple Barbecue Sauce. Uh, we're talking with Scott Roberts, scottrobertsweb.com. Scott, I know you're kind of a, a TV aficionado, and you do like to watch the barbecue sauces, uh, the barbecue sauces, of course, the barbecue shows. Yes, uh, next weekend, we'll have the culmination of Barbecue Pitmasters uh, Season 5, I believe it is, or maybe it's Season 4. I forget what iteration. But you have uh, Rod Gray from Pellet, Envy, Dave Bosco, Butcher Barbecue, Lene Oxley of Sugars Barbecue. Uh, how do you see this final stacking up, and, and who do you think might fare best in this last of the best competition? I think anything could happen, but if you'd hold a gun to my head, I would say Rod Gray. Uh, he just a, a total guess as far as who would win it. I'd pick him. He just referenced before he left his interview site that the final show is going to be two hours. I mean, what it's the hell can you be cooking for two hours of a final show? I that's not as exciting to me as knowing the people that are on there and having them had been on this show the last couple of weeks. Two hours. I wonder if it translates somehow into cooking time. Uh, we know that briskets could take, you know, a good half a day. Would it be, you know, a slab of elephant meat or something? Something that might take more than 24 hours? I don't know. I mean, no, OK, the, maybe not. <laughs> do you watch? Uh, I had uh, Lynn Chi, who was a contestant on MasterChef this year. Do you watch the, the MasterChef show at all? I don't. You know, I've been really bad when it comes to cooking shows this year, just all kinds of things happening. You know, I recently moved and haven't been able to keep up on all the shows and the the, the, um, the quick pseudo celebrities. So, yeah, I'm not uh, familiar with them. The thing that irks me the most about the show is the fact that up until maybe two or three weeks ago, it was a two hour show like all the way through. But, you know, they had a lot of contestants, but I'm like, man, if I got to sit down and make the investment, even on TiVo. To watch a two-hour show and blast through commercials, that was a lot. Now, once it's got you know down to an hour the last couple of weeks, it's a little bit more tolerable yes. for me. But, but perhaps we're revealing the fact that my attention span is that of a five-year-old boy. Whatever. But, you know, I mean, I want to be kind of excited, but two hours is, that's kind of a, I mean, that's an investment, right? Uh, quite quite a bit, yeah. And if you're only going to have three competitors, I don't see how they're going to be able to stretch that out. You know, I when you watch these kind of shows, you want to just see enough to kind of whet your appetite and want you wanting a little bit more. But I think the limit is maybe one hour per week. Going yeah. anything above that is stretching it. Um, I mean, you kind of you kind of ruin that tempting effect. I'm going. Where it, it just kind of ruins your desire to continue to watch it. I'm going to guess three words: whole hog. Just a guess. Just a guess. Good guess, yeah. Did, did anybody catch the joke? Never mind. Uh, Scott Roberts joining me here on the show. ScottRobertsWeb.com is his website, and you find him here once a month reviewing sauces and rubs. Scott, always appreciate the time, and we will look for you, believe it or not, in September. Where did a year go? I don't know, but we'll see. Amazing. All right, buddy. All right, well, thank we'll you, talk Greg. To you Appreciate it. There he is. Scott Roberts, ScottRobertsWeb.com, and find him over there. Our sauce, our affectionate sauce and rub reviewer. Two hours, bro. You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. By the way, a $10 gift card goes to Paul Richardson. Paul. Paulie! 
Paul, I will forward your email over to Richard Parker over at uh, the Barbecue Superstore, and he will tell you how to redeem that. You don't need any shipping information from me. I'll forward your email over to him. He'll be in touch. Congratulations to Paul Richardson. Paul Richardson. Uh, Adam Hawthorne weighing in with a great point. Your show is two hours. Hey, Adam, shut up. Arno Smokers is a custom pit builder combining innovation and art in each of their cutting-edge, offset, and vault-style barbecue pits. Located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth, Granberry has been home to R&O Smokers since the beginning. Now, Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning both on the design level and quality of their craftsmanship, bringing their customers the finest custom pits on the market. Now, if you have been looking for a custom pit without the hefty price tag and some wait times of some of those other manufacturers on the market, why not make this your first choice of perusal when you're on the Internet looking for top-quality barbecue pits? Mentioned you heard about R&O Smokers right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Receive an additional discount off the already low price. Now, for more information, follow the link to their Facebook page, which can be found right on my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Click on the logo at the right or visit the sponsor page or links page on my website. That will get you right to their Facebook page. Conversely, you can also... Go and email Billy Overton or Tony Belay, respectively, at Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E, Billy underscore, underscore, not hyphen, underscore, Overton. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Billy underscore R-O smokers at yahoo.com. Or you can email Tony, Tony, T-O-N-Y underscore, R-O smokers at yahoo.com. Also, don't forget to check out their Facebook page regularly for weekly drawings and giveaways from their barbecue partners as well. See here on this show, I have some partners that do giveaway stuff. Uh, something very similar. You go to their Facebook page, see what they have going on, enter. You could win you know, whatever they have going on with their partners. It's fabulous. Uh, RO Smokers. Again, additional discount. If you mention the Barbecue Central show uh, as you put in an order, uh, contact Billy Overton, Tony Belay, respectively. Visit their Facebook page, which, again, you can do right through my website. Uh, we're wrapping it up right after this. Stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, let's address this comment made by Adam Hawthorne. Your show is two hours. Your show, an investment. Uh, my show is an investment to me. One of us is putting in way more than two hours making this two-hour show happen each and every Tuesday. I'm sure you know that. So for you to sit there and soak in the succulence and entertainment for two hours, that's not... TV is way different than the Internet, man. And you get bored watching my show, www.freeporn.com, and you're in heaven. Can't do that on the television. You're stuck. 
Maybe not. Uh, congratulations to Adam. Uh, I'm sorry, Paul Richardson. Uh oh. I hate that email. People asking me questions like, "Did you?" Probably not, because I pissed somebody off. Probably. Look, uh, one of the hottest teams on the competition cooking circuit right now. Before we go, left coast Q, ladies and gentlemen, they just won their eighth, yes, eighth grand championship this year. Wow. Matt Dalton and the boys over there at Left Coast Q cooking their faces off right now. And a California team to boot. I'm not saying anything bad about California teams, but, you know, traditionally, not a lot of KCBS contests available out in that neck of the woods. But really blown up, and they have won eight, yes, eight times in 2013. Very impressive. Also, a new partner with the show I just mentioned here uh, recently, Tony Belay of R No Smokers, just won back-to-back grands this past week. His team, the Lone Star Smoke Rangers, are starting up a nice roll of their own with two wins in a row, so congratulations to Tony on that. Firm believer in the karma. And of course, why wouldn't you be? Uh, lots of stuff to get to next week, including family feud at barbecue leads to fight at Circle K. Uh-oh. Get that big stuff out of here. How about drunken man passes out, wakes up without his penis? Oh, no. We're going to get to that next week. Also, I'm going to show you a lot of great pictures on this thing called Meat Lollipops. Anybody know Meat Lollipops? Also, we might be talking about this thing called the Bacon Bowl. Does anybody know or has anybody heard of the Bacon Bowl? This is not a joke. There is a Bacon Bowl. Just when I think we couldn't possibly become any more of a bacon-laden society. This thing called the Bacon Bowl shows up. We're going to be talking about it next week. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's wrap it up quickly. Uh, All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Greg Fassett from Memphis Grill. MemphisGrills.com is his website. Grills, plural, MemphisGrills.com. Uh, we also talked at 9.35 with Lynn Chi, Master Chef Season 4 contestant. Was kicked off, almost came back on, kicked off again. He thinks uh, Jesse or uh, James are the frontrunners to win this. Speculation only on his part. We moved to the second hour. At 10.14, we saw Rod Gray from Pellet Envy break down his win this past weekend on the TV show Barbecue Pitmaster. And uh, we handicapped his odds of winning the championship, which will air this Sunday. So taking for that 9 to 11, two hours. I'm happy to watch it for two hours, by the way. Disregard everything else. And at 9.35, we closed out with Scott Roberts' official sauce and rub review of the Barbecue Central Show. Uh, if you use raw cast iron, season it each and every time. As it starts to cool down from the cook, hit it with a brush, a little pan, a little Crisco, let it burn back in, reseason it each and every time. Generations of rush research. Also, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. And don't forget, I will get the Operation Barbecue uh, Hog with a Heart raffle stuff going. Uh, pay attention. Subscribe to me for podcasts so you can get that note. Uh, also, pay attention to me on social media. We will see you back here at Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.